Hi, I'm Shane Hurlbut, and I'm an ASC cinematographer. And my wife and I have created this incredible resource called the Filmmakers Academy. And we'd love for you to download and rate our app. If you're a filmmaker, do yourself a favor and download the Filmmakers Academy app today. It's available wherever you get your apps, most notably the App Store, Google Play, Amazon App Store, and the Roku Channel Store. The app includes everything on the platform for all access members and from content to community and coaching opportunities, everything you need to master your craft. So download the app. And this is the most important part. Be sure to rate it. Rating us really helps us spread the word and enhance our rankings in this dedicated app store. So if you love what we're doing, this is a way to show it. Together, let's take your career as a filmmaker to the next level. What's up, what's up? We have Brendan Ugama here, cinematographer of Moonshot, the new HBO Max film. How's it going? going great thanks for having me absolutely thanks for taking some time out of your day we know how busy the schedule is with everything going on the industry booting back up how's everything been the last couple of weeks it's been good it's been really good everything with moonshot coming out and some other things it's been it's been great absolutely so the film drops march 31st yeah Comes are you excited march. yeah yeah you we had this yeah it's great we had the screening last night and uh you know there's been a lot of a lot of hard work put in to see it all come out in a week is, is a pretty good feeling, yeah. Absolutely. I got the chance to watch it. It looks awesome. And thank you once again for coming by. Before we get into that, I would love to talk a, bit, a little bit about your career, give a background. I read that you're from Vancouver, British Columbia, which is super dope. Another big film city in North America like Los Angeles. I want to talk about when you first started. Was that city very inspirational to you? How did you get started? Yeah. You know, I don't know if the city was inspirational to me in any way necessarily. I think... I just always, I knew I always wanted to make movies. I didn't really know in what way. Like, I didn't know much about cinematography. I had no family in film. I had no, you know, contacts, really. And I started by just shooting, like, um, sports, action, action sports films. Because I, I grew up skateboarding and snowboarding. So me and my buddies would go out with cameras, video cameras, and just, you know, film ourselves and cut together little videos. And it kind of grew from there. And I met up with a group that were making a movie. And we shot motocross and we traveled up and down California and, you know, Washington and into British Columbia for a year making a movie that was crazy um, and super fun. But then I just kind of knew after that that, like, this is all I wanted to do was I didn't want to get into motocross and, you know, action sports cinematography. I want to actually shoot films. So then I kind of segued into I went to film school and studied cinematography and just kept kind of pushing from there, you know, taking everything I could, short films, corporates, whatever paid or whatever got me experience, whatever, you know, introduced me to new people and then just kept building and building. And as your career started to progress, what did you find were like very important pillars to developing your eye, developing your creative process? Was it collaboration, working with other filmmakers? Were you avidly studying cinema? Or did you turn to photography or anything else in addition to that that really shaped yeah, I think a little bit of everything, really. I think, you know, I had some really good early mentors that helped me, including my teacher at the time, Ross Kelsey. And he he kind of was the first person, I think, that kind of helped me realize, like, anything is achievable. It wasn't just like, 
you know, I didn't have to be in Hollywood at the time, you know, and have people that I knew making big films that I could do that stuff as well. And then I met, uh, my wife was working on a film called Are We Done Yet? And the cinematographer was Jack Green. And I was, when she told me who it was, I was like, Jack Green's shooting your movie. I want to like, I have to, can I meet him somehow? And she brought me in, I met him and he was, you know, the most gracious, nice person as anyone who's met him would say. And he took the time out of the day. He probably even slowed down things on set. It felt like at the time, like he took me around, showed me the camera, showed me all the lights, showed me everything, asked my opinion on things. And I think I learned from him a lot about like, just, you know, being gracious to everybody that's there working with you and how, you know, uh, how everyone is coming together to make one thing. It's a team effort and just being good to everyone. And, um, and then from there, it was just like, you know, a lot of other, you know, I would getting, I guess, getting back to your initial question, I would be inspired by them. I'd be inspired by great films, art, everything, photography. I always did photography for a long time as a, you know, active hobby that, that I, and, you know, admire other photographers and cinematographers. So. Absolutely. I feel like photography is a really great way to figure out a sense of composition, right? Because composition as a cinematographer, which you already know, is the way that you're going to put the perspective of the audience into the film. And photography is a great way and a great tool to just hone that. And it's a great way to see, like, how powerful, how much you can tell a story with just an image rather than, like, all the words that have to go with it, you know? Like, if you, a well-shot photograph can tell, you know, everything you need to know. Absolutely. And as your, as your career continued to progress, what are some tips for filmmakers in terms of like having that longevity, stacking up other projects? What did you find yourself doing to continue moving forward, even before moving to Los Angeles? Just always pushing, I think. I never really, you know, not giving up, not getting complacent, not, you know, always pushing to be uh, every project to be another step. Um, you know, my wife is a director and she, her and I would always talk about different things and she was very, you know, helpful at pushing as well and, you know, ta help, helping me along the way. But it was like, I think um, it's just not, it's just always moving, you know, never getting stale on it and just kind of always trying to brick by brick build it. And when did you decide to move to Los Angeles? Uh, six years ago, we came down. I think for the year before that, we, we were just kind of working towards it. Were you already working pretty actively in the city? Yeah. For the most part, I was pretty busy. And then I moved down here and booked Riverdale and went back. And it was like, I think, four months after I got down here. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Riverdale, Sabrina and the Teenage Witch. Those were some of the bigger shows that you started to work on. What was that like leading up to Moonshot? I mean, it was great. It, can, it definitely helped me in many ways, with, especially with the contacts, um, because it was a part of the same, you know, group of people producers Sarah Schechter helped me kind of introduce me to people on Moonshot but I mean working with Riverdale working with them on Riverdale and uh, Sabrina was like a, it was a dream for me at the time I was just like working with some of the you know some people who really trusted me gave me a lot of freedom and uh, you know were just very encouraging to me to kind of like try things and express things and you know do it differently and not kind of fit them you know, not do it the way that's been done in the past and just try and always push it. And um, we became a really good group of friends and family on that. You know, we did, I did Riverdale for two years, Sabrina for a year with them. I went off and did a show in New York after called Katie Keene with the same group. Um, so, you know, it was like three different shows over 
five years or whatever. So, so working with this team, I'm assuming, did this roll into Moonshot? When did you start working on this production and get involved with it? Yeah, Moonshot came at the beginning of last year. I talked to Sarah, and then she introduced me to Mike McGrath, who's one of the producers. Um, and he put me in touch with Chris Winterbauer, and I did an interview with them. I think it was like probably April last year. And then I didn't hear anything for a little while, maybe a month went by, and then I got a call saying, come to Atlanta. And I was doing a show called Truth Be Told here in LA, um, and I think I flew out like two days after I rapped Truth Be Told. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. And for a project like Moonshot, which is a sci-fi film, it has romance elements, was there something that really engaged you on the script level that said, okay, I want to bring this project to life, and this is why? I mean, yes, there was... You know, the sci-fi element had a lot to do with it. Like, it was, you know, fun and something different. And I like to always try to do different things so I can, you know, just try everything and, and get to know what everything is like. And talking with Chris, and I could see his passion for it and what he wanted to do with the film, and I liked that. And he was very focused on, on trying to make something as, as interesting and creative as possible. Um, and Cole Sprouse, who I'd worked with on Riverdale, was, you know, in it and very much uh you know we've had a good working relationship for the year so knowing all the groups and people coming together it was kind of a no-brainer absolutely yeah, and the script was a lot of fun yeah the script was a yeah. lot of fun i got to watch it last night as well and i love the relationship between cole and uh what's her name lana yeah, it's a very like pure relationship between Walt and Sophie. And I'd love to talk a little bit more about the collaboration between you and Christopher. You were telling me this was the first time that you worked with him on this film. And as a cinematographer, just for our audience, what are your expectations as the cinematographer going in first time working with a, deep, or a director on a bigger film? Is there anything that you're looking for that you like to have organized on your end? Yeah, I think, well, what I look for, I mean, I wanna make sure that the director I'm working with has a good creative eye and Chris has a good creative eye. Chris is a very, he's very smart, knows what he wants, but is very uh, open to creativity and ideas and everything and suggestions and wants it to be the best it could be. And we both came in with the same mindset of, you know, best idea wins, whatever it is, let's, ha let's throw everything at the table and see what sticks. And, um, you know, he, like any director that I work with, I just want to make sure that we get along and have a good relationship and can just hash out ideas and not be weird about it anyway. And I'll just like throw things out. And Chris was very much that. And we became, I think, good friends throughout making the film. And we were able to kind of just work to making it as interesting as it could be, you know, and, and keeping it fun and light. And for me, I would like, you know, we would storyboarded most of the film. I would come up with plots for everything. I would write out, you know, ideas and paragraphs on each scene of what I wanted it to be and drop images in there and color ideas and show it to him and uh, Eddie, our, our production designer, and we would talk about everything. And, you know, I wanted to make sure that they knew everything I wanted to do ahead of time. And then if there was something we were like, oh, no, maybe that's not the right thing, we'd all kind of come together to make it the right thing. And again, the best idea wins, so whatever it ends up being. Um, but it was a great collaborative process with them. Absolutely. In talking with Chris, was there anything that you guys wanted to do specifically from this film, looking at research? Obviously, there's a lot of sci-fi productions out there. Was there anything that you wanted to try to do that you didn't see other people were doing? I don't know if we had that specific conversation. I think we, we talked about like just, 
you know, really trying to honor the script, I guess. And of course, and more just trying to find what it was, you know, and just keep it something that was light, but not, uh, just overly flat and boring, you know, in our minds, at least we were trying to make something that was colorful and really interesting, but we didn't really, I don't think we were specifically saying, let's do something that no one's done. I think we knew in some ways, or we felt in some ways that making a, you know, at the heart of it, it's a rom-com and most rom-coms aren't based in space and they don't have all the elements that go with it. And so we knew we were doing something in that way that was original and we could play with that, mm-hmm. which, you know, was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the look. Like you're saying, it's a rom-com. It takes place in space. Was there any rules in, rules of engagement in terms of framing, composition, building out the shot list when working with Christopher? Was there something as the relationship started to blossom, obviously at the beginning, uh, Sophie and Walt, they were at odds. Walt walked into the room. He stepped on that orb. Sophie was talking to, uh, what's his name? Calvin on the like FaceTime Zoom. And, uh, their relationship didn't start in a good place, but as it progressed, as they got onto the ship, as they started to get to know each other, you can feel their relationship blossom. Was there a way that you were trying to cover that specifically to really put the audience in that moment? Yeah, I mean, I think we, we definitely talked about, uh, at times kind of separating them a little bit more than we did later on in the film, and we try to connect them a little bit more through composition and two shots and things like that, um, for sure. It was, it was something that was always in our mind. We wanted to make sure that the approach was always done with, with like, you know, storytelling in mind in that way. And what was the camera package that you ended up going for with this production? Um, we shot on Alexa minis and we used three different types of lenses for each act, one for each act. So we had, uh, everything on earth is the first act then they're on spaceship for act two. And then finally on Mars for act three. So we used a set of Hawk hybrids for everything on earth. Uh, when we were on the spaceship, we used the um, super speeds, and then we used the Leicas, the Sumalex for everything else. And what was the philosophy behind those lens choices? We we tested different things when we were in prep. We worked with Kessel Camera, and we were like, you know, we looked at, first we looked at the Hawks for everything in space, and we were like, this kind of seemed like the natural way to go because it had a different kind of bokeh, and it, you know, threw things out of, you know, the way that it, it it um the bokeh would translate was seemed like it didn't quite work for the spaceship once you started kind of putting everything in there and really understanding it and we wanted to also work in a way where we had when we got to mars it felt dusty and like kind of a lot of you know mars dust in the air so we reverse engineered that so at the beginning of the film on earth it was clean so we didn't use any atmosphere on earth we used a little bit on the spaceship and went heavier on, on Mars. And we wanted the lenses to kind of help, you know, uh, supplement that or, or enhance that. So everything on Earth, by using the, um, you know, the hybrids, we felt it kind of gave a little bit of texture without going smoky. And we could get something that we liked out of it. And it looked really nice on the actors. And then when we were on the spaceship, we knew primarily we were going to be in really tight spaces, you know, like... Sophie's room is a room, you know, this small. And we knew they'd be up against the wall a lot. And we wanted to shoot that more in a wide open kind of thing so we could get, uh, you know, some soft background. And then, and again, I, I love those lenses. And I actually love the way that they kind of bloom in the highlights. And then um, the Leicas, I find, are just... 
the most solid lens. I, I use them a lot. I use them. I've used them on five, six different shows over the years. Use them on Child's Play. Use them on Riverdale um, and other things, commercials. Are these they, the Summicrons or Summilux? The Summilux. Yeah. And they are just like, to me at least, they they are so crisp without being too sharp and annoying. They're perfect to balance and work with physically, and they're just really kind of creamy and nice. Like I don't, they're not too cool or anything like that, and they don't have an a, you know, a distracting look in any way. And we felt that with Mars, that was the perfect kind of solution. And I knew that those lenses work really well with heavier smoke as well, which I've done a lot. That's really cool. And what was the process like? How long did it take for you and Christopher to figure out the look? I mean, every day to the last day. I guess, <laughs> in some ways. No, I mean, we, we had a quick prep. We had five weeks of prep. Um, Chris was there. I can't remember how many weeks before me, but not a lot. I think he only had Seven or eight weeks down there in Atlanta. How long was principal? Uh, 35 days, I believe. Um, 34, 35 days. And, you know, we talked about everything. We would, like, hash out every idea, every scene. Chris had a great system in his office. He put, like, a piece of paper, a colored piece of paper for each scene. And all it said was the scene number on it. And that was the whole sheet. And he went across his entire office so by the end, you had the last scene, and it was, you know, 100 scenes or whatever, so 100 pieces of paper. So when we'd sit down in his office and we'd start talking, we could just be like, yeah, you could visually see where, what scene was proceeding and what scene was, you know, and where everything was, and we could just quickly talk about everything and just, I don't know, brainstorm in a, in a way that was, was really fun and easy and quick. And it was such a neat way to do it. It's something I'd do again. And, um, and we, I think we just kind of, you know, we'd sit down every day for a few hours and either storyboard shot list or just kind of draw out things or just talk about it, you know, and just kind of get together. And we got together on weekends and we'd just hash it out. So we spent as much time as we could in the five weeks. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It seems like you and Chris really spent the time collaboratively to figure it out. That way it went as smoothly as possible. It was something in the sci-fi film. And this is where the next question is going to go. It's what I thought moonshot did exceptionally well was showing what space travel could potentially be right? Where it's going to be something that's more normal, obviously cost a million dollars still to go to space or to go to Mars in the movie, but there's a normalcy to it. And I'd love to talk about you, Chris, what it was like working with the art team to build out these worlds and looking at Mars and the spaceship. There was a lot of integrated lighting. How was it planning that as the cinematographer? Well, on the uh, integrated lighting side, I mean, that was, it was a, a great combination between Eddie, the uh, production designer Chris and myself and even and the gaffer John Sandow of course and we would really just talk about um, way like there was two things one we knew how quick we had to move and we wanted to incorporate as much as possible in the movie so we didn't have to spend as much time on lighting B it looked right and felt right it felt appropriate you know um, and so I think the first phone call I had from Eddie was actually talking about putting all the lights down the side of, of the um, ship in the hallways, like those, those big panels. Um, I was still in L.A. when he called me, and we just kind of hashed, you know, he had a little bit of an idea, and he, put the, he wanted to do the little lighting between the floor and the, where the wall met. And it kind of just grew from there. Anything that we were building, we'd look at floor plans of it and figure out how could we incorporate lights, what could we do with it, how can they move. And just always try to add. And um, one thing we talked about a lot was, you know, lights that kind of come to life a little bit in the ship. Like, you know, when it goes from, 
you know, afternoon to evening, the, the ship would kind of shut down into a, in, into a different mode and the colors would go from like warmer tungsten ish lights to something that's a little more cool for night for evening. And so we kind of played with that a lot where we could kind of do the shift. So we just, you know, outlined everything with Asteras and ribbon. And, you know, I think we had something like 10,000 feet of ribbon that we were using, that we ended up using in the ship. And, um, yeah, I just kind of kept throwing ideas at it and it, and it seemed to work well. One scene in specific that I thought you executed really well was when on Mars, when Walt steps out of that room and he's in the hallway and you see the light traveling and I guess yeah. it's like integrated on the floor. How did you pull that off? Yeah, that was, um, that was pretty cool. That was like one of my first days in prep and we were looking at these like, uh, ideas of what, what this floor was going to look like. And it was made out of styrofoam with glass on top. And then it was like this really small little hallway. And I was like, you know, trying to think of how we could get, get lighting involved in that. So we carved out tracks into the styrofoam in the ground and laid LED ribbon. And, um, and it, we used it in two ways. One, obviously just to light them, but two, we talked about, again, this moving light idea and how it could kind of help propel the story. And it would guide Walt. Like in that scene, it guided him to where he needed to go to meet Covey. And, um, and it was, you know, it was great to be able to throw those ideas out there and everyone took to it and liked it. So, yeah, it was really well done. Was there any artwork or prior films, TV show that was really inspiration for the lighting and the look of this film? You know, I think the movie we actually talked about the most was her. Oh, wow. Spike Jones is her, Mm -hmm. you know, which is a phenomenal film in my mind. And Chris loved it. And I think that was one of the films that we talked about on my first meeting that we both kind of connected to. Um, just because her, and I think it was mostly because her is, at its heart, it's a rom-com as well, but it doesn't look and feel like a, the average rom-com that we were wanting to make. And it felt very, you know, I mean, her shot by Hoyta, and it's, you know, it's a beautiful film. And um, that, But I feel like that was the one we probably talked about the most. We, You know, we got into conversations about a lot of sci-fi films, like everything, you know, we'd, we'd watch them or talk about them in some way, but I think that one had the most conversations and i can see that now because what you both did very well with her in moonshot is the subtlety of it you didn't lean too heavily into the futuristic sci-fi element obviously moonshot's a little more so than her but there's a subtly subtlety to it where it's easily consumable where you see some futuristic films or sci-fi films where there's just so much going on it's a little bit much to chew off at times and i think that's what was really impressive with some of those sequences especially on the spaceship i thought that was done extremely well when in the bedroom or even during the engagement party that was orchestrated really, really well. And uh, I'd love to talk about the CGI. That's something that you mentioned. There was a lot going on with this film. What is it like as a cinematographer? And I don't know, is this your first project with this many CGI elements? Yeah, this is the, fir- the biggest uh, CG mm-hmm. project for sure. Yeah. I mean, Child's Play had some, but not to this, to this level. Right. And what is it like prepping for something like that? We had an amazing team doing our, our visual effects work. So it was very, and, and Jay, our, our uh, VFX supervisor's office was right next to mine. And um, so we would, you know, just talk about everything. And they, we would do renderings. They would do renderings of everything. And we'd throw ideas out. And I would uh, make sure I could weigh in as much as I could on, on the lighting side of things ahead of time and let them know what I was planning and what we wanted to do and Chris wanted to do and how we could make it work. And it was really just about having an open conversation. I mean, the more we talk about everything in film, we know that like, you know, open, open source, open book is the best way to be. And, um, 
you know, we just kind of hashed it all out and talked a lot about it. And then I also made sure because I've done other projects where once it got to post and I come back and look at the visual effects, it, it was a little, you know, sometimes it'd be a little hard to see certain, certain decisions. So I, I talked to Amber, our, uh, uh, our post or our visual effects producer and Jay about being as involved as I could throughout the post process to make sure that, you know, not to weigh in on the, in a way that wasn't part of my job, but just to make sure that the consistency was there and that the idea was there and they understood where light was coming from and why we were doing things certain ways. So they would send me, uh, proofs as they would go along and they would kind of, you know, they sent me maybe a hundred shots at different times where I could kind of weigh in. And usually of course they were bang on, but I, I would be able to kind of tweak things a little bit and say, maybe it's like this, and this is what we did and this is why we did it. And they could, uh, you know, react to that and that would help in integrate it more smoothly, which was great. Right. And I think something our audience would love to know, are there any tools or tips in terms of prepping with art department? Do you make schematics or do you have any software that you use to help keep the team working together when doing CGI elements or anything that's like art deck heavy where you have lights incorporated? What's your process look like on that end? You know what? I, I, it's a combination of just like really hand-drawn images and ideas and thoughts and um and photographs of stuff uh, you know i'd search google over everything and just try and find whatever made sense to that plus draw it out the idea draw out the idea and and you know just whatever i could use to get the idea to them in the so that they understood what i was thinking was the best and they would do the same thing to me you know we had a lot of back and forth i think there were there were elements like we had the sequence where uh, Sophie and Walt sit down in the shuttle and they have the simulation going around them of like the, you know, the Jupiter and the, the beginning of uh, uh, the solar system and all that. And, you know, the idea is that they're sitting in this dark room and all of this element is going to light them and they're going to be, and it's going to be surrounding them from three, you know, from 180 degrees. And we had to figure out how to make the visual effects that they were going to cut to later on, like build six months later or whatever, work for the way that the light would kind of project on them and when the big bang happened and when the, you know, the, they would go to Titan or versus somewhere else and the colors and all that. So we actually built, uh, we made a video, like a quick time video that had all these different colors and different moments and Jay, uh, they kind of put something together of, of how the linear story would evolve of that. And then we brought screens in, like LED screens that would project, that we could play it just to project that back onto them. And we just kind of, you know, surrounded the, the set. So they, the actors were sitting there and they'd be watching them and they just painted them out later. But then we were able to get these real reactions. And that was a moment where it was a great back and forth between my department and, you know, and them. That's incredible. And would you say that out of the whole movie, do you have a scene, a sequence, or an achievement that really that you're very proud of? Uh, the spacewalk was was pretty cool for us to make. I, I felt pretty good at the, you know, that was one of the, I think to us making the film, that was a pretty big one. We kept talking about it, it was kind of like the, you know, a flagship one as far as the visual effects and the look and making it feel big and cinematic and all that. And, and it was a touching moment because it's the moment where they really start to come together. Uh, so it's very important to the story as well. And, you know, that was, it was a lot of fun to make. We were, you know, we, in a black room, we, you know, black everywhere with markers and it was a combination. And, and the great part was trying to figure out how to do everything. It was a combination of wire work with versus like techno work versus, you know, 
spinning them on little, you know, uh, record player kind of turntables and different things like that. And it was just like very basic kind of filmmaking mixed with everything and just figuring out which one worked best and most achievable. So it was, it was great because it was like just a little bit of everything and everyone's minds coming together to make something cool. And if it worked, it worked. And you know, if it didn't, we had to redo, redo it. And we did that actually. I remember we were doing, we were trying to do a shot where Walt and Sophia are moving up, floating up towards the camera and it's like a straight down shot. And we tried it with the crane kind of dropping down on, or we tried it with them being lifted up towards the camera at first and then, and that didn't work. So our key grip, Chris Birdsong, built a turntable, bolted into the studio floor, put them on and we just kind of slowly spun them and we dropped down with the crane. And so it's like these kind of open ideas of which one works best, you know? We spent a month in prep talking about it and on the day it didn't work, so we went to plan B. Dang, yeah, yeah that's a lot going on. Yeah. That's very incredible. But that's like the best part about filmmaking, I find, is just the collaborative. Right. Yeah. And were there any challenges throughout principle that really taught you something that you haven't done prior? Uh, probably. I mean, I don't, I don't, yeah, <laughs> visual effects wise, I'm sure there were a lot technical wise, mm -hmm. but also just, you know, I find every movie is different and every movie is the same in a way, you know, like you, you working with your job is to understand it, to figure it out, to, you know, make it the best it can be and work with your crew and your, 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 the tools at hand. But uh, so that part's familiar, you know, it's the, it's the figuring it out that's familiar yet. The process is always different. Like every little detail is different. Of course, it's just, it's fun, you know? So I, I you know, I don't know if I, if there's a direct answer sure. to that, but yeah, absolutely. And something I would love for you to outline is what is the collaboration between a cinematographer and talent look like? We always hear what that looks like with a director, how they're working with them, but you had a pretty, you know, namely cast from Cole Sprouse to Lana Condor and even Zach Braff. Is there something that you do specifically to help keep them in the pocket, to help collaborate, make sure they have their needs that say a first time director who hasn't worked with any name talent could learn from? Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, for me, at least, uh, like, you kind of have to approach it differently for each person based on what they want, like each actor would want. Uh, Cole and I have a second hand. We've worked together for years, so it was a little easier. Lana's amazing. She's just like a great, super fun person, very nice, like one of the nicest people um, and very technical and very understanding of camera. And Zach is a, you know, he's a vet. He's been doing it forever and understands everything. So, it was, but it was like, for me, I try to just explain to them what they, what we want. And I find same with directors. Like if, if they come in, if, if anyone comes in and doesn't really say the whole idea, or at least if they're too technical about it, it doesn't work as well as if you're, you're really explaining, this is what we're actually trying to achieve rather than just standing here. You know, I want you to go from here to here. That doesn't help anyone. I don't think. Um, so for me and on this, Chris was great at is just, we, we talk about, the scene we'd explain yeah we're gonna do this we're gonna start in a close-up we're gonna build it like this we're gonna move in with the crane or however it is so that they knew what we were doing and we knew roughly how many shots we were gonna take for a scene and I think it would help them understand the approach what it was gonna be when they would be in their you know I don't know most powerful shot or whatever they wanted to feel for that and and just how to how to uh, how long they would they'd be there and what the scene was actually about that's awesome yeah, I feel like that's really important because a lot of DPs don't understand that sense of communication going into production, at least when they're first starting out, right? Because you always think it's going to be the director, but there's a lot of moving pieces. You have to figure out marks, there's blocking, and that's 
crucial to composition and really trying to tell the story that you want to. Uh, and is that something that you work closely with the director to make sure that you're, you're part of that whole dance with them? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you have to be, you know, if you really want it to all come together as one, you got to be. Absolutely. And what's some advice that you would have for some filmmakers going into a project like Moonshot or even just starting in their, in their career that you would have for them from everything that you've learned? You know, uh, I would say just keep shooting, be as open mind as possible, take ideas from everyone and really just love what you're doing and be obsessive about it, be passionate about it. I think like, you know, we have a great thing going as great careers as filmmakers, as cinematographers, directors, whatever it is that you're doing, actors and you, but it is competitive. It's hard work. It's a lot of time. So you have to put everything into it. But if you can, you know, if you can love that, then, then you're good and just keep going. That is awesome. Well, Brendan, is there anything else you would like to discuss in terms of moonshot that, you would love people to know about or do you have any cool upcoming projects that you'd love to drop sure yeah i mean uh moonshot comes out on the 31st of march and then the next thing will be a show i did called iron mike which is a, a biopic for hulu on mike tyson and that's a completely different kind of film or uh, project this is a limited series but you know it's not in the romantic comedy world at all and it's a lot of fun and when is that one planning to come out i don't think there's a release date yet or if there is I don't actually know what it is but I, I think it'll be in a couple months well guess what I think you'll be back to talk about that one sounds great that's Anytime. very exciting well Brendan I really appreciate your time and like you said Moonshot it's coming out next Friday March 31st and thank you so much for everything thanks for having it's me it's been awesome hi I'm Shane Hurlbut and I'm an ASC cinematographer and thanks for joining us for another episode of the Filmmakers Academy podcast. Take advantage of monthly virtual group mentorships, networking events, and new content released weekly by becoming a member today. Join today and get $20 off your first month by using the promo code FAPOD20. That is F-A-P-O-D-20 and join the number one resource for cinematographers, film crews, and do-it-all filmmakers.